From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. We know that there's a lot of hurting Americans out there. The number one thing to think about is what you can control. And what you should control is your cash flow. Um, and you need the cash flow to live. And there's some people that are going to need to make tough decisions based on that. But for most of Americans, that's not the case. And, and if that is the case, um, then what they need to do is to focus on what you control. That is your cash flow. Um, and, and if you still are working um, and still paying the bills and so forth, let your investments ride. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. I'm Ryan Dietrich, and in the room is Bert White. And on the line up in Boston is Jeff Bookbinder. Bert, how you doing over there? Doing good. I'm hanging in there. You? Uh, we are hanging in there. Jeff, you hanging in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely uh, easier to hang in there when uh, markets are up, uh, as they were uh, last week but certainly life's a bit different here no doubt uh, it absolutely is so we're going to get into all of those things about the market bouncing and can it keep going and have we hit a low but let's start maybe on a more human level i'll go first you know this weekend i got to hang out with the boys at the house right because we can't go anywhere and l this weekend i actually put together a papa shot now anyone who knows me i'm not the most handy but i can follow directions just well actually if you ask my wife i don't follow directions <laughs> but for the most part i think i can follow directions and we put the papa shot together we were playing last night it was a blast the weekend before um they had a video game uh, like one of those six foot tall video games like my brother got it for him for christmas i put that together so really this tragedy has made me feel like I'm actually remotely handy, which I didn't know. <laughs> but also, we're playing Golden Tee video games and shooting Papa Shot in the house. And again, that's something we never would have done because we've been running around the baseball, football, basketball, all the different sports we do. So that's been um, something that I think my kids are always going to remember, and I'm going to remember, that's at least some positive that's coming out of a lot of negative. Bert, what yeah. about you over there? Well, you know, you'll never take for granted um, basic things, mm -hmm. like, like watching your you know, kids score a soccer goal or going out on a, for Friday night for pizza or any of that kind of stuff. I, I'll tell you, I, I will say that there is a, a, a lot of elements that become ingrained into just becoming routine, um, and they shouldn't be. Um, they should be special. And that, I think, is your point, right? I mean, yep. this thing about hanging out with your family and so forth has become what you do, um, you know, after hours before you end up going to work the next day. And Maybe it needs to be a little bit the reverse, and maybe that's teaching us this. You know, the other thing, I, I, I saw something over the weekend, Ryan, that I thought was just really interesting. So, mm -hmm. um, so let me ask you this question. So a, a buddy of mine, his name is Doug Sandler. He's at a firm called Riverfront up in Richmond and, and yep. worked with him for many, many years. Been on and, TV with Doug before. Yeah, do you? <laughs> yeah. So Doug's one of my favorite dudes and good friend of mine. And mm -hmm. he posted a video that, like, hasn't gotten enough, I, I think, looks. And, and he, he poses this question, Ryan. He says, think about after 9-11. Right after 9-11, did you feel more safe or less safe? And, mm. and it's, a, it's an awesome question to ask, right? Now, with 2020, right, you look back now and say, I feel safer now than I did. Um, mm. But his point is, right out of 9-11, you didn't feel safer. Mm. Like, you, you felt really unsafe. And then what did we do, right? You stood up, uh, you know, the... Homeland Security, we reinforced, uh, you know, cockpit doors, you can't take water on the planes, and on and on and on and on and on. And, and you could look back now and say the world was, is now safer than it was then. That might have been the peak of the unsafe. Mm. And, and what Doug 
just poses the question, which really got me thinking this weekend around this, uh, around this, uh, around this coronavirus. I, I think what is clear is the, our economy was unprepared for something like this. It was unprepared, completely mm-hmm. unprepared. And, and just maybe this will be our, this economy as it relates to this might be, this might be our to some degree 9-11 event where you look back on this and say, businesses will be, be more prepared. Um, you know, um, consumers will be more prepared. Our families, will be, our schools will be more prepared um, for, for events like this. And, and that might be a silver lining. I, I just thought it was a really interesting take to sort of think about sort of how we adjust and move on. Um, I would put that as a real human factor mixed with, you know, this whole gratitude of what it's like to uh, maybe just spend more time with our families, you know? Uh, that's a great point. I remember after 9-11, I probably didn't feel safer for a few days either. You just yeah. didn't want to go anywhere because you didn't know what potential bad thing could happen. Jeff, what about up in Boston? What are you doing that's a little more on the human side with the family or what you're experiencing up there? Well, yeah, that's certainly been a big positive to uh, spend more time with the kids. I think the thing that came to mind this morning is that if you take away my access to um, to takeout, uh, to uh, bars and restaurants, I actually lose a little weight. <laughs> so uh, I, I was walking around the house this morning and actually uh, had a hard time keeping the pants up. I had to tighten up the belt. Well, don't go to the office if that's the problem. Stay yeah. at home for that one, right, Bert? God, HR sick. might HR yeah. might have a problem with that, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm the exact opposite of that, Jeff. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that I am now eating like three breakfasts, four lunches, and 12 dinners. And and I believe my intake of uh, of beverages in the evening is probably ticked up just a little bit. Um, so I, I've gained 12x all the weight you've lost. Yeah. It's a team atmosphere, then, right? We give and take right. like a market. Wherever there's a seller, there's a buyer. So, right. so guys, let, let's get into this week's uh, LPL Market Signals podcast. We're going to focus on an update to the playbook that we released a couple weeks ago, the Road to Recovery playbook. We've had a couple things move in the right direction there. Also, we had finally the $2 trillion stimulus plan was signed by President Trump on Friday, kind of some of the impacts that that should have in the near term and maybe even the long term. And then lastly, we have upgraded our views on equities. We've been market weight for a year since March 2019. And as of today, we're upgrading equities to overweight. So, Bert, maybe let's start over with you. The playbook, five things that we're looking at. You know, are we in a recession? Um, how bad will it be? Sentiment, washout, the reply to the policy. Two things that we upgraded this week, or I'm sorry, last week, just recently, were the fact that we're probably in a recession now and it's going to be pretty bad. I know you talked a lot about Thursday's initial claims, which I think hammered home. We're in a recession and it is a very sharp one. Want to talk yeah. a little more about that? Yeah, no doubt. Y- you know, look, uh, we've talked about this before. There are two ways to slow down an economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can apply the brakes, which is generally what happens. The Fed uh, slowly raises rates so that it slowly stops the car. Um, and eventually the car stalls and you are in a recession. Or you can hit a tree. And we hit a tree. Um, there's just no doubt about it. We flat out hit a tree. It was the suddenness, Ryan. You, you know, you talk a lot about these 3.3 million claims. The, the thing that I was most amazed by is if you look at week over week changes, the two highest were like 170 and 140. Right. You know, and, and that was around a tornado and a blizzard. You know, typically these you get these nat- these natural uh, disasters and they end up you know dislocating a few workers and then a couple weeks later it reverses itself. 
Three million people. Remember the the, the ratio uh, with 1.6, 160 million people working. That means 1.6 million people equals one percentage of unemployment. And so uh, the fact that we got you know three mm. million, that's two percentage points of unemployment. We went from roughly three to five. And I think the consensus this week is, you know, four and a half or so. Mm-hmm. The real question is, will it be under five? Uh, that's another three points. That means we will have gone from basically three to eight in two weeks uh, unemployment rate, if that's really what, what you what, what we get. So it is. Uh, it was sudden. There's no doubt, Ryan, that that you know, we are in a recession, and it will be a significant one. The question is, will it be a long one? Um, because right. it happened so suddenly, and maybe the other side of it will be equally as sudden um, if we can just get the, uh, the the last bit of our playbook, the only thing we haven't fully checked off, which is cases. Uh, exactly. It was John Steele Gordon, a famous American business author and writer. He wrote, it is uncertainty far more than disaster that unnerves and weaken markets. So the uncertainty of are we in a recession or not, after last week's claims, what happened on Thursday after those claims came out? We had a really good rally. So it's the market hates uncertainty. Jeff, the second part to the playbook is the policy response on the fiscal side and monetary side. The Fed is, as we've laid out already, we're not going to talk too much more about the Fed, but the Fed bazooka is there. I saw a Yahoo article said the Fed's done 18 different things over the past couple of weeks to try to stimulate confidence and liquidity. But let's talk about the fiscal policy, Jeff, the $2 trillion deal. Um, kind of high level, what do you think the immediate impacts are, maybe the longer-term impacts there? Yeah, well, it was really, really big, Ryan. It- we're talking yep. about, you know, with three packages um, gotten something over, you know, 2.2 trillion uh, thus far. A lot of it is related to unemployment, which we just talked about, right? Extending unemployment benefits to uh, bridge consumers to the other side. Uh, also related to unemployment is to help keep small businesses in business, right? Again, bridge loans. That's kind of the theme for me in all of this. It's it's a bridge, right? It is a massive bridge to get us to the other side so that hopefully in a couple of months when we can begin to restart this economy, businesses are strong and can take advantage of it. Now, there's certainly going to be uh, some companies that don't make it here. That's normal creative destruction. Uh, but certainly the strong will survive. And, you know, another piece of this is that the efficiency that corporate America is going to be able to show on the other side is going to be it's just going to be astronomical right companies have become a lot more efficient and there's going to be a lot of lasting gains I think from some of these uh, changes that companies are making you know more flexible supply chains being able to work from home we're all getting very skilled at our video calls yes uh, th- there's just there's a lot of things here that are going to make us more productive on the other side we just need policymakers to bridge us there. And by the way, there's, you know, talk today about another big policy uh, response coming, which I guess would be the fourth stimulus package if it happens. That's right. Yeah. This morning there was talk of a fourth, which would really help the consumers and probably the people that are going to be losing their jobs or already have lost their jobs. Bert, going to throw you a little curveball with the time at home have you had a chance to watch tiger king on netflix do you know what all i'm talking about uh yeah i've watched the first two i'm hooked i i I, it is so silly and goofy yet tragic and just 
addicting. Yeah, it really is addicting. I I gotta you, tell you, I, you I did watch re- it though. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. And I, I didn't can, know. I and, figured you wouldn't. Know. And I can okay. relate to all these people. Like like I can flat out relate <laughs> right, to all these people. Right. Listen, I, I know I've said this before, and I got to be careful. Look. It is offensive if anyone tells West Virginia jokes, unless you're from West Virginia. You then go. you're allowed to. Okay. okay. And so okay. I am from West Virginia. I can tell you, I, I, I've i got relatives that look a lot like, you know, Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I think I have, for the longest time, I thought it was my uncle. Um, and so uh, this is this is more than just a show for me, bud. This is like yeah. a family reunion. Oh, my goodness. And just, you know, compliance was to make sure w- w- this is not a recommendation of Netflix stock. But, boy, oh, boy, Netflix is bringing out some gems. And with everyone stuck at home, Joe Exotic is just taking the country by storm here. It really is. It, it is It is more than fascinating. It 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 just goes to show how many sort of subcultures there mm-hmm. are out there that you have yeah. no earthly idea about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is one of these things where you just – if you just pay attention to all the stuff that's out there, <laughs> this world is so fascinating. This mm-hmm. is the part that I – get back to the human stuff yep. thing mm-hmm. at the beginning. If you just take the time now, call someone you haven't talked to in a while or just call someone and just talk to them. Like you think Joe Exotic's interesting? So is your neighbor. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that dude you haven't talked to in a while. Like like you as well. I don't know what Papa Shot even is, but you know, I was just nodding my head the whole time. It sounds cool. I might need to Google it and order one for my kids. Like uh you know, there's some we're all interesting creatures, but uh man, that uh that well, show is I don't work. think I'm as interesting as Joe Exotic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go on a limb there, but that's uh that's true. Now, Jeff, one let, let's get back on task for a minute, guys. We've got a Was that just uh, a detour? Yeah, that was a detour. Sometimes no we point. make it fun. Yeah, I just want to see if you, you actually are doing it. Yeah, yeah, just to mix it up and see. So Jeff, I've heard the word retest so many times regarding markets and just I mean, including what I'm saying and what we're saying here. You look at market history. 87, big sell-off. You didn't really bottom until December of 87 on the retest. 2015, remember the War of 1812? The S&P found a double bottom retest at 1812 level. Retests happen a lot. The, the thing that I'm spinning in my head, I guess, Jeff, is the fact that if everyone is expecting a retest, do you think we'll have one? Well, yeah, history tells you that um, it's, it's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. But if everybody's calling for it, that's probably the best reason to think it won't. Uh, Certainly the policy response is another reason to think it won't. Policy was much quicker this time than it was in 2008. Uh, I mean, you can just look at something as simple as how long those checks are going to take to get into people's hands, right? We're going to probably be looking at three to four weeks here, not three to four months. Uh, We're going at light speed. So, I would say, you know, whereas a, a bear market typically sees a retest maybe two-thirds of the time, give or take, the odds of it, it, that it does this time might be a little bit lower uh, than that. So it's, it's really hard to call this day-to-day. The key is, as we've been talking about, going to be how quickly we can contain this outbreak. Uh, it looks like within the next week or so we'll have a, a much better idea of what this looks like, and that's really for us, the key to the the playbook, not necessarily seeing, we want to see cases decline, obviously, uh, but we, we might not necessarily need to see the cases decline. We just need to know where that peak is, uh, which will hopefully be here by, by mid-April. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think what's interesting about that, Jeff, is, you know, last night I was, I was writing down the three things that, that I was looking at and, and thinking about what it might, 
uh, bring to allow us to maybe not get a significant retest or at least, you know, significantly higher, uh, lower levels than where we are today. Um, And and you talked about one. One is the pace of stimulus, Mm -hmm. and there's no doubt about that. The second thing is, look, there is a resilience level that is happening now. This, this is this is more than just a, you know, a human crisis, which it is. This is this is a war that I think you're beginning to see Americans stand together. I mean, you're starting to see people say, I'm going to go and order things off of line to get delivered, even though I don't really need them, but I'm just doing it because, you know, I want to want to help people out, right? And so there's a resilience level that you're starting to see. But not only that, but, you know, businesses are starting to do curbside check-in, and you're starting to see all those things that are beginning to happen where I agree with you, these are going to be lasting impacts that are going to happen over the next, you know, not just happen now, but they're going to stay with us for a while. That's a second piece. But the third piece is ignorance, and that is that there are people that are just completely ignoring this and going out and spending money. Now, the bad part about that one is it likely keeps our cases from, you know, uh, dwindling as fast as it could. Um, but there's a, another side to that, and that is that there's still spending that's happening. So those three things, I think resilience, ignorance, and stimulus are the three things that I think are might actually help. I, I we talked mm-hmm. earlier today, Ryan, you and I, about what a good week after a right. forever, bet, like best week ever last week since the Great Depression. Is that right? Yeah, it's the best week for stocks since the Great Depression on the Dow, best week for S&P since March 2009 lows. And so that's insane. And so you begin to think about how, how historic last week was. Uh, we were talking about what would look like a good week this week. And, and, <laughs> and, and I thought that was an interesting discussion. It might not be... You know, if the market was up 10% this mm-hmm. week, I'm not so sure I wouldn't be concerned and really be right. concerned about maybe it got a little bit too far too fast. Headlines would be coming and you probably would price in a, 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 a retest. What would be a best case scenario for this week for you? Yeah, Bert, I think this week just some calm. What I mean by that, we are seeing 3 and 4% moves up and down you know, virtually every single day. So if we can just get some calm where maybe a 1% down day almost would feel like a win, some of these less uh, less 5% swings intraday, something like that just to let everybody catch their breath and, and kind of take a bigger picture look at what's going on could really be positive. But you mentioned what people are doing. I guess shout out to my wife. She went to our favorite little Greek place um, about a week ago and bought three separate $15 gift cards and literally drove our golf cart around the neighborhood and gave it to people because people are doing things like that. You want your little Greek restaurant to make it when this yep. is all over. You want to keep – and that's just one small example, but people are doing that everywhere. It's in Tiga K, the little city I live in, but it's happening everywhere, and it really is amazing. Yeah, that resilience is – and that care and the love I think is really key, and you, you, you see them everywhere. I, I will tell you, it is hard – to go into social media anymore um, and and track, you know, just all the negative talk and the political talk mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I will tell you here lately, you know, my timeline is filled with, you know, uh, flights of nurses and doctors going to New York to help and, you know, people singing out of windows to try to drive encouragement and people doing exactly what you were talking mm-hmm. about and dropping off things on people's you know doorsteps and still staying socially distant, but letting people mm-hmm. know we've got your back um, and trying to backstop these these. Uh, uh, these businesses and 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 neighbors and and our and our and our loved ones. Which, by the way, today is actually National Doctor Day. How this has been around since the 30s. How wow. fitting is that with everything going on to just remember and thank those on the first line and from everyone LPL Research and LPL in general. 
thank you for all that you are doing. So, Jeff and Bert, we've got about three minutes. So let's get to the last thing we wanted to talk about, which is, and we've kind of hinted at this already, but upgrading our view on equities. Jeff, Benjamin Graham said the essence of portfolio management is the management of risk, not the management of returns. So, you know, if someone had a portfolio right now and they hear LPL upgraded equities, that blindly doesn't just mean dive right in, right? What would you recommend your average investor, how they should take that? Probably depends on where they're starting from, right? If if investors have had you know a little less equity than their long-term target, might be time to think about adding, right? But you know, for those who have um, you know maybe more aggressively positioned portfolios, one might be a little bit careful. Um, the, the the point of this is not to you know, pick a bottom on a particular day. Uh, it's just to make the point that we think there's a decent chance that the lows have been put in or that the lows are pretty close to the lows that we just saw. So, you know, an investor buying a little bit today might might see some near-term losses. It's obviously um, very uncertain. But over the medium to long term, we think stocks are very likely to work from here. I mean, even in a if you pick a random day, you know, you've got about three out of four uh, chance of, of making money in a, in a year. Um, you know, if you extend that period out two to three years, the odds go even higher than that based on history. Yes, especially when you're down 30 <laughs> percent. And then, yeah, that was where I was going to go next. Yeah, that, given how far we are down and some of the technical indicators you're looking at, Ryan, the odds are even higher than that. So um, we're, we're comfortable um, taking that small move at this point, but we'll probably make another one here before long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, I, I I don't remember the exact quote. I'll butcher it from Buffett, but he basically says, you know, once a decade, mm-hmm. storm clouds come and uh, it rains gold. So bring out your buckets. Wow. Something like that. Yeah, pretty good. And, yeah. and uh, if he didn't say that, I'm going to. If not, as Burt White's quote. I'm going to take it. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure he said that. Yeah. And, look, the reality is, um, you know, we know that there's a lot of hurting Americans out there. The number one thing to think about is what you can control. And what you should control is your cash flow. Um, And you need the cash flow to live. And there's some people that are going to need to make tough decisions based on that. But for most of Americans, that's not the case. And and if that is the case, um, then what they need to do is to focus on what you control. That is your cash flow. Um, And and if you still are working um, and still paying the bills and so forth, let your investments ride um, and begin to consider getting your bucket out. Uh, Because, you know, if Buffett's right, um, it's raining gold, and that happens only once a decade. Uh, great points there, Bert. Great points, Jeff. I think we've hit the end of the line this week in LPL's Market Signals podcast. Thank you again to all those on the front lines fighting this terrible pandemic, and thank you to all the listeners. We have just been crushing the records of downloads and listens each week, so thank you so, so much for being here every week. And since we've done a lot of quotes, I've got one more from Art Cashin, the great NYSE Floor Institution. Arkashian said, never bet on the end of the world. It never ends. And if it does, who will be on the other side to settle your trade with? So there's always opportunity in the, even in the darkest times. So thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week for the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you. This material was provided by LPL Financial. 
is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Opel Financial, a registered investment advisor, and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, Please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.